Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I'm Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. So, um, as we're recording this, it is November 9th, 2020, and Joe Biden is the projected winner of the U.S. election. Um, and votes are still being counted. Our own state of Georgia has yet to be called. Right. Um, <laughs> but we wanted to have a personal conversation about our reaction to the election and what we've went through. Sounds so dramatic, but it's kind of true. <laughs> it's uh, true. Yeah. Um, so this one's not going to be... It's going to be a little different. It's going to be more conversational and more personal um, because it has been a rough week and uh, kind of churning through that and um, having that conversation with you all. Right. And I will say it was kind of special because Annie and I decided that because we are very much still practicing quarantine rules uh, yes. <laughs> and we have a small bubble of people and we are in each other's bubble that we would spend this time together. So during the actual election day, uh, and a couple of days after, as we were watching the votes count, uh, we decided to hang out. I think that was really special. That made me feel so much better. I think I kept saying that, even though both of us had different moments of like, we're physically nauseous, we're physically sick right now, we're physically yes. in pain. But yep. going through it together was really nice. So thank you, Annie. Oh, thank you, Samantha. Yeah, it, it was really nice. And um, when we look back, we've talked a lot about leftover trauma from the 2016 election and having that anxiety going in. And then it's really hard for people who aren't in the United States. It's hard for me to overstate like this overwhelming feeling of fear that kind of is swept over a country. Like people were boarding up shops. Yeah. Um, when I came home, I, this is terrible, but I normally don't like lock lock my door. I only put on the little slidey thing. I locked, locked my door. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and having somebody there to share in that those moments of despair and then those, like, blips of hope. It was right. nice. It was. We had kind of distracted ourselves nicely. Uh, so that, that, was, uh, that was a good point. I think for me, I kept saying to Annie because I became very Southern at that point. I'm trying to like, let me feed you. Let me do this for you. Let me give <laughs> yes. you this. Let me do this, whatever, because that's what I have to do. My focus mm -hmm. is always like, I need a purpose. Give me a freaking purpose. Yep. <laughs> I think I became the badgering Southern mom. <laughs> so thank you for letting me do that. <laughs> it was very appreciated. <laughs> very appreciated. Um, yeah, so it has been a very long and stressful week here to top off a long and stressful f few years. Um, it's been a long kind of lots of stress and it really culminated and I know some of some of you listeners wrote in after we did our episode on election stress disorder from other countries that you were feeling it too. So uh we don't want to leave anyone out. I'm sure the impact of this is not uh limited to the United States. But um yeah, uh it was Saturday. The election took place November 3rd, Tuesday, November 3rd. And it wasn't until Saturday that around noon, I think, mm -hmm. we got the news that Joe Biden was the projected winner of the 2020 election. And right now, 
the numbers aren't, there's still a lot to suss out with this election. So there aren't too many numbers or breakdowns by demographics. There are some interesting pieces coming out, and we'll surely keep an eye on those as they do. But for now, uh, one number we do know is this was a record-breaking turnout election. It was the highest turnout in over a century, with over 74 million people voting for Biden, but over 70 million people voted for Trump, too. Um, Trump, as we record this, still has not conceded. But he sure has been golfing. Oh, he sure has. And also, like, <laughs> literally right before we we started recording, I checked the news, and he's, like, fired somebody. Like, stuff is about to go down. Um, yeah, he's fired four of his own uh, appointees. We know this, of different agencies. So it's it's happening. Things are happening. Yeah, and that that's sort of the scary thing, and we'll talk about that more in a second. Um, and there has been, he has he and his campaign have promised a series of litigations. Several of them have already been dismissed, um, but that's surely something that's going to happen. Um, he did He did this, like, really gross 2 a.m. speech right? where he kind of just rambled and spewed all this nonsense, but he was talking about how legal votes, and he easily won the election if you only look at legal votes. And it was so full of lies <laughs> that most of the big television networks cut away from it. Yeah. Um, so that happened. And yeah. right now, there is a big discussion of withholding of funds to the Biden transition team. Right. Uh, right now, there is an agency, which is a smaller agency that we don't talk about often, which is the General Service Administration. And this administration are the ones in charge of signing over transition stuff. So they have all of the funding. They have all, of, pretty much, they're the ones that keep all the codes and the numbers and the transfers. So the administrator is Emily Murphy, and she has so far refused to sign, not refused to sign, but has not signed the necessary paperwork in the transition of office. By the way, she is a Trump-appointed administrator. So there's a lot to be said about that. And we already know Biden is in full force of creating his transition plans with also several executive orders at the very beginning of his presidency. So he is getting ready to kind of turn over all the things, including the Paris Agreement, including the UN, including the WHO. So we know things are happening on their end. He already has a coronavirus task force underway. So some beautiful things that we know are coming, but there's a lot of question about whether there be a delayed and transfer administration and what that's going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Frustrating, to say the least. Um, And we did want to talk about Kamala Harris uh, for a second, because in this election, she becomes the first female vice president, the first black woman vice president, and the first South Asian American woman vice president in, in the White House, in these, like, president, vice president (laughs) positions. So that's a lot of first, and um, that was, it was moving to see people reacting to that, and um, I had plans on saying this at the ending, but I'm just going to go ahead and put it in there because I did see this thing, which kind of annoys me, but I totally get, they're not perfect candidates. Right. I know it. We know it, (laughs) but that's still a big deal. Right. And that's the thing is like, we know these are not the perfect candidates. This was Mm-mm. not my choice. We actually, I when I sat to celebrate with my neighbors, uh, we kind of toasted each other and all yelled across the uh, porches at each other, which was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I admitted that. I was like, I get that these are not the perfect. I did not want them as a ticket. This is my dream ticket. And I remember, uh, you know, saying what I wanted. But the fact of the matter is, this is a slow beginning of trying to go back so far back from what we have become 
yeah. this huge divisiveness. And, you know, Biden's speech alone was very religious. And I'm not religious. So, of course, there was mm-hmm. a lot of people like, please don't do that. But what I care about is, do we have a point of where we can find a way of transitioning to the better? Because we are not in the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's certainly something to be said about how much when I try to silver lining everything with Trump, and it's not really a silver lining so much as it really highlighted a lot of issues that a lot of things that are broken right. um, in our system. And uh, yeah, I, I totally get when people are celebrating like, well, remember when Biden did this or this, we should remember those things. Um, right. And we do remember those things. But just to put that out there. <laughs> right. And then also, again, we've talked about it before and I'll talk about it again. The fact that Kamala had to go over all the hurdles and people are upset at the tactics that she used and her policies and her past policies, forgetting about the good that she did do. And I yeah. think that's part of the problem that I have with this whole uh, conversation is that we are not acknowledging the intersectionality of who she is and of the actual hurdles and all of the things that she had to go through in order to get to this place. And is politics gross? Abso-freaking-lutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, is trying to get ahead gross? Abso-freaking-lutely. But we have been taught as women in this generation, in her generation, to play by the rules, by their rules, to get to the point that we can break those ceilings. And this is where I have a hard time when we just dismiss all of that and say she's an awful candidate, all of these things, and a law and order candidate, which, by the way, there's such a huge difference between the rhetoric, between the left and the right, about she is not uh, left enough, not free enough, not open enough, not liberal enough to yeah. the right say she's too liberal. She's going to be a socialist. <laughs> Look at her. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Which is always <laughs> the case for everyone I know, but it's just almost hilarious how she is damned if she does, damned if she doesn't. Yes. Which is the situation. The tightrope, many women. All the time. All the time. So let's talk about, let's get personal, Samantha. How was yeah. this election week? To you, because as of tomorrow, it will be officially a week since election day. Right. Uh, You know, there was a (laughs) lot of back and forth. Um, I think I was really hesitant in reaching out to too many people because as much as I wanted to check in on everyone, I I know a lot of people didn't want to acknowledge it right now. They did their part. Now we wait. What else is there to do but wait? And to keep drudging yourself into it felt like a punishment in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, yeah, I felt like I was going through one of the worst breakups ever. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like to me, where yeah. your stomach is in the, like, you know, it's just all knotted up. Uh, every time you think, stop trying to think about it, it kind of pops into your head. I would fall asleep, my heart would race because I remembered, oh my God, this is happening. This is what's at stake. This is what we're looking at. Um, and even in like trying to celebrate, I still didn't celebrate. Yeah. I think, you know, because I'm still hesitant to see what's happening. Mm-hmm. I don't truly believe, I feel like as a pessimist, I don't truly believe everything's okay, which it's not. We we will acknowledge that, that it's not okay. It's not a fix-all. It didn't fix no. everything. There's mm-hmm. so much to be done. And it does, it feels like, okay, I don't know how to celebrate because there's so much more to be done. Yeah. I don't know how to celebrate because the broken relationships that have been um, shown to light. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to come out of it. So there's a lot of things that I'm like, okay, up and down, up and down, up and down. But there's definitely that one huge weight off of me of knowing, okay, we've gone past this part. Step number one, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's been a whole thing. Um, and I know you've been there uh, as we're trying to take care of each other. I've mm-hmm. had good people in my life to take care of me. So I'm very, very grateful for that. Um this is also one of those moments where I acknowledge that my family is my chosen family. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my adoptive family very much, but we are definitely on two sides of this. And my heart broke because of that. My heart breaks because of that. So I feel like I can't fully celebrate because of the brokenness of my family. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things. It's kind of a whole thing. Um, but again, very grateful for my chosen family that I am with, that we can celebrate this thing. Um, but yeah, man, that week, this whole week, my stomach, I'm pretty, like, you know, there's a lot of physical things that's happening to me that I'm like, damn this stress, <laughs> damn this election. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, because I celebrated Halloween as best you can during right. quarantine. And I'll tell you, like, it feels like Halloween happened 17 years ago. Oh, my God. It really feels so long ago. And the stress, yeah, I had uh, physical, like, pain. I was dry heaving for, like, days because of this. And and it was just so weird because I kept thinking, like, wow, should it be this stressful? (laughs) Right. But it is. But Um, it is. And people, a lot of my friends were texting me and I kind of shut down. I got to the point where I was like, I'm, I think my friends and I, I love it because they're, they didn't used to be political and now they really are. And I really, I really appreciate it. But they were in a, I don't know if better mood, they were more hopeful than I was, or at least more willing to be hopeful. Cause I kind of just was like unwilling. I was too scared. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, I felt bad about that because I would wait until the end of the day and I'll be like, okay, I'll answer all these text messages. And I didn't want to cause anybody worry and I did want to be there for people, but that, it was so stressful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember when you and I were sitting there on election night and you were in like, you had your big socks and you had your hood up and your blanket and you kind of just shut down and it was dark and we were all kind of sitting there silently, like too afraid to check the news, but also like, <laughs> what is going to happen? Because people were boarding up stores. Like there was right. just this whole atmosphere of, I don't know what is going to go down. Tonight. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I got really, uh, my partner bought me really thick booty socks is what I call it uh, yeah. because there's no way I can sh- fit those into shoes. Uh-huh. But they're so thick and cozy. It was perfect. Uh, but yeah, I definitely had the moment where I did. I put my hoodie on. I laid down because everybody knows. I'm pretty sure we all have figured out that I'm probably some sort of nar- narcolepsy in there because I got so stressed out. I was like, I'm going to sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> and then you dove into your fan fiction. I was oh. like, yep, this is where we are today. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> our our very our different very different methods of dealing with stress are coming out. Yeah, I wrote like fifty pages that day. <laughs> I <just> couldn't <laughs> I was stop. Impressed. <laughs> I was impressed. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and my dog was reading it with you. Yes, she was. She was. He just was it. enthralled. 
Yeah, she's like, look at her go. Look at all this angst. Fill the page. (laughs) Surely she'll run out of angsty situations. No. Nope. (laughs) No. Never. Never. Um, I think looking back, the worst day for me was probably Thursday. Mm -hmm. Um, Friday was really uneven. Like Friday, I went through periods of like, oh, it's going to be okay. And then like the depths of despair where I'm sobbing doing an ad read. (laughs) Which really did happen. Uh, <laughs> Pick that one out if you can. <laughs> yeah. Fun <Oxygen>. game. <laughs> Sorry about it. Um, but uh, Samantha had an idea where on Thursday we both wrote down how we were feeling. And we thought we would read it. But I will warn you before we get into it. Oh. We were not in a good place. <laughs> we weren't. We weren't in a good place. I think uh, my thought was because it was at the beginning when we were understanding that Georgia was actually being flipped, that it was turning purple and light blue at that point, you know, Mm -hmm. in colors respect. Um, And so it was such a shock to me to see that happen. And I was like, we need to document how we're feeling right now. Mm -hmm. But it was still at the beginning of, we're not hoping for too much. So yeah, it's not pretty. Um, (laughs) Mine is really dark. (laughs) Mine's much shorter and yeah. just like, uh. <laughs> I just went in. So uh, apologies. And if you do have election stress disorder, as we talked about before, yeah. you don't have to listen to this part because yeah. I think this might trigger it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair warning. So, uh, and Annie's like, please do a, a dramatic. dramatic reading. I don't know if I can do a dramatic reading, but I can tell you, I might start panicking in the middle of it. <laughs> All right, so here is my thoughts as I wrote it down. Um, well, as we sit here on the day after National Voter Election Day, I sit in panic, but with some hope. But can I be just completely honest? Hope feels cruel, and the idea of having any seems too hard to linger in. Panic and disbelief that it is this hard of a fight to what I would thought would be human morality. I sat and wondered about a lot of things that could or could not be, and my heart rate just goes up. I have fought for so long for justice and advocacy for our kids and youth, but to see a country that would say they're about saving lives and children, to disregard all of that, as uh, us versus them is so disheartening. I feel like we are sitting on a cusp of so many new and broken things, broken because it has brought out a lot in the light and we have lost faith in some of the people we looked up to so closely. I have cried more this year for the loss and grief over all the loss of life, loss of justice, loss of families and loss of kindness. And yes, there's been so much good as well, but times like this, when it comes down to numbers and statistics, it doesn't always translate. And please know grief does not equal giving up, but better yet, just a bigger push for us to keep fighting. These last few years have not shown us anything unknown, but just brought out all of the dirtiness that had been comfortable in the background. And yes, this is just, by the way, this part is, I just added this part because I was like, oh my God, (laughs) what is wrong with you? (laughs) You are so dark, by the way. This is how I wrote as a teenager too. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so this is just a little caveat uh, from today. And yes, now that I look back on this, the things that I've written, the the mere relief is overwhelming. I still hesitate in celebrating because even though there is a victory there, there are also still hurdles for us to find healing and a recognition that this administration has brought to light a lot that is broken in our system and brought into light relationships that were damaged but never talked about but can't be ignored anymore. And I think for me right now, like as I sit in relief, yeah, I feel like I'm just getting prepared for fights to come. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. We'll we'll return to that towards the end, but 
I still feel very uncertain because the Trump campaign has been relatively quiet. Mm, like, too they, quiet. they're still doing stuff for sure, right, but like, right. they haven't really done what they they have to say something that I don't know. I was, oof. Anyway, uh, here's what I wrote down <laughs> Thursday. Um, I feel nauseated and scared and my head hurts and I'm legitimately physically terrified. I'm too afraid to hope and I'm really upset that a lot of races I had hoped for in the House and Senate did not turn out how I hoped. It feels like the world will end, that we're in limbo before the country is embroiled with even more hate and violence. It feels like a repeat. It feels surreal, like I'm living in a weird bubble where this could be the last time everything is kind of okay and that I could believe that it could be kind of okay. Yeah, you're just very much smaller, shorter. I will say this was my idea. So understandably, you're like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I, think, I think when this happened, I was at like my lowest You point were. Too. Both of us were like, okay. Well, what is going to happen? As you said that, because uh, we had similar concerns and like feeling of a loss of hope and being too afraid to hope. Um, and it is interesting to me that we both wrote this after, as you said, we were getting news that perhaps Georgia, like at the time, we didn't know what, how it right. would play out. And again, it still hasn't been called, but it was turning blue. And I wonder if there's that moment of like, this is impossible, it felt like. This cannot be. Well, that one. But two, I think I remember the last election when... I had gone to sleep and everybody was so sure Hillary was going to win. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the same thing. I was like, oh, 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 her numbers are pretty high. We're good. We're good. She's only this far away. This is all far away. And then because I dared to hope, when I woke up, I was yeah. so more disappointed, like so much yeah. more disappointment to me that I was like, oh my God, I'm crushed. So mm-hmm. again, because we've been traumatized by that, yeah, to look sure. at this and to be like, nah, you're not going to trick me again. Yeah. Nah, man. Nah, man. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make me think that everything's good. <laughs> Uh-uh. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, when we talked about in the election stress uh, episode, that is, I think, one of the biggest differences for me where I'm someone who usually, I feel things very, very strongly. Um, so it's odd. To, it's not odd. It makes total sense. But yeah, that was the biggest difference. Is in 2016, everything felt so much, like, sharper and this time I've just dulled to the pain. Like, right. even if it does still hurt, and I was too scared to hope, and I'm still there. I'm still at that point of, like, <laughs> afraid. Right. Um, I mean, as we speak right now, uh, as of Saturday, I haven't looked, there was 200 uh, Trump protesters in front of the Capitol demanding that they stop the count yeah. and recount. And then to also count all the votes, it was very funny um, because they couldn't decide. A little mixed message. Right, right. (laughs) Uh, But they were ready to go. Um, And people had driven down two hours to protest at the Capitol, Um, which to me, again, is such a funny thing that they are accusing their own administration. These are the Republicans who are handling the votes. The Secretary Mm -hmm. of State is appointed by Kemp, who has been an avid supporter of Trump. To think that they are the ones that's cheating somehow. <laughs> it's really funny to me. Yeah, I do like the the mashup videos of the, the 
depending on where you are and how the votes are going, the Trump supporters count the votes or stop the counts. Right, right. <laughs> um, but we did want to talk about uh, our experience being in Georgia specifically during some of this. But first, we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So, yeah, uh, much to the shock of, I, I would say, both Samantha and I. Georgia, and the nation. Yeah, Georgia kind of became a, a political focus during all of this. Um, and yes, uh, the recount and uh, already negative ads. And I appreciate all of the listeners and friends of mine who don't live here who have reached out and apologized <laughs> that we're going to have to deal with that <laughs> for the foreseeable future. I've already requested my absentee ballot, which you can do yeah. if you live in Georgia. Go ahead and do it. Right. Right. Uh, so I know I've gotten uh, questions before about if you do live in Georgia, how do you do this? This is just like any other election. Make sure you're registered because they're going to purge. Guarantee there's going to be a purge. Um, make sure you're registered. If you want to do your absentee, make sure you go ahead and request that absentee. I think I want to do the early voting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why, but I'm scared because of this negativity and this whole like back and forth with the Supreme Court. I'm like, I'm going to go early vote. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just going to make sure I'm still registered. I'm going to do early voting. I also want a sticker. I missed my sticker. I was, yeah. I missed my I sticker miss too. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna early vote. And I will say uh, Fulton County has a really, which is Atlanta, for those who don't know, um, has a really good system because uh, the Atlanta Hawks and all of them decided to uh, donate the space and time mm-hmm. for the uh, State Farm Arena, which made it almost so easy to go in and out and all of that. And we even had the assistant coach for the Atlanta Hawks being there, (laughs) helping with that. So that's even more beautiful. Um, But yeah, I'm going to be early voting. But uh, for those who are asking, make sure you're registered. If you want an absentee, request it. If not, make sure you're on uh, to see the dates and the locations. Yeah, because I was thinking about it um, and a a part of me uh, was a little shocked because... As, as your listeners all know, there's only really one show I still watch on TV and it's Supernatural. So it's the only way I see ads. And I was already seeing like all these ads and I was like, this is too soon. But then I thought about it. It's not that far away. It's not. Mm-mm. January 5th. So um, yeah, just go ahead and take care of all that stuff. Get your voting plan, as they say. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, it was pretty cool. It was one of those things where I was too nervous to hope still. And so I had a group of friends that I'm really close with who are from Georgia. Some of them are not in Georgia anymore. Um, and they were just texting me right. all kinds of stuff and so excited. And I, w- I didn't respond because I was like, it's no way, this is going to turn. Like right, right now it looks good, but something, some county is going to show up. And <laughs> I don't right. know. <laughs> but... I mean- um, there was even a moment when they said that there was a voter machine out in Fulton County and yeah. they needed to, and they didn't announce what happened. They just said they had to recount something. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, here we go. This is what we're going to say. They're going to duplicate something, blah, blah, blah. And instead, it just pushed up the numbers for the Biden votes, yeah. which made me kind of laugh, I'm not going to lie. A uh, little bit petty there. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was the only other uh, issue. And then we also had one of the poll workers being doxxed here yeah, as yeah. well because he it showed him throwing out something which ended up being just like the uh, instruction sheets yeah 
and it wasn't anything to do with the votes, and they were able to prove it, and they were able to say discredit that as him throwing out a ballot, but they got doxxed for it, and now they're in danger and they're in hiding. Like this is That's... the most absurd thought, and I'm 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 so sad that people who volunteer to do their civic duty and to volunteer to help are in danger now. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's... You could feel, especially on Saturday, um, they were like... we Because Atlanta is pretty blue. Um, right. So you could feel the excitement of people in Atlanta when it was happening, and there were fireworks outside my apartment. You could oh, see the... Fireworks. Uh, oh, fireworks all around, and then... Uh, CNN had, they were in Midtown Atlanta and there was this huge celebration going on and most people right. were wearing masks, which was good. <laughs> um, yeah, everybody was wearing masks. Uh, and we have to also talk about Stacey Abrams. Uh, and she's not the only one. We are no, not crediting sure. her with the whole thing, but she definitely pushed with fair fight action, which I think I mispronounced the, the last episode that we talked about. I said firefight, which by the way, what? Uh, <laughs> fair fight action and what they did in pushing to get voters registered. Uh, I will say I've gotten the most amount of postcards, the most uh, yes. notifications, yes. the most phone calls and texts reminding me to get a voter plan this yes. election. And it has everything to do with not only Fair Fight Action, we're going to talk about other organizations that are part of it a little later down. So if you want information, how to help, I know mm -hmm. I've gotten some people asking me that. Um, but the many different organizations and most of them that are really made a push it's mainly marginalized community uh, who has been putting in this fight, uh, whether it's the uh, Latinx community or the Asian American community or uh, even the black community that have really pushed harder and fought real hard um, on this. And it's been amazing because even uh, for Gwinnett County, which has been still counting, apparently, even though they're done, they haven't completely registered everything. Uh, there's a big immigration community there. and. Um, the AAPI organizations here have pushed to make sure that things have been translated appropriately for them mm -hmm. and so that their instructions are given because that's been neglected so often that there's yeah. no translations and it's all in English, which is a completely biased, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but communities and organizations like that have made a push, which also helped to register correctly and to be able to vote. So it's been an amazing thing here in Atlanta and seeing these communities come together and fight is it's a, a beautiful thing. Yeah, and we... You can't forget that. And uh, these grassroots organizations or organizations, a lot of them run by black women specifically, who've been working for years, right. years to get people registered to vote and to make sure that they show up um, and will continue to work. Uh, that is hard, never-ending work. And yeah. that and is they are now see. in overtime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I did really appreciate, I just want to shout out my friend Marissa, who is a friend of the show, has been on the show. She sent me, I mean, it's got to be 50 TikToks of <laughs> uh, people's reaction to Georgia flipping uh, these really hilarious, like, I need a hero. <laughs> it's like Georgia what? shows up. <laughs> it's really good. Did you Again, see the ones with the maps? I don't know. Did I? Uh, so it's like... They put lips on, oh, yes. you yes. know, talking to each other. Nebraska talking to uh, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. not Nebraska, Nevada talking to Pennsylvania. Uh, and then all of a sudden Georgia comes in. Yeah. And he's like, hey, y'all, what's up? 
Well, uh, yeah, I saw the one. Marissa sent me the one where it's Thanos, and he's like, fine, I'll do it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Much appreciated, Marissa. I don't have TikTok, so I I depend on her to send me the best ones, which I think she does, and uh, I did really appreciate that. (laughs) And I know I have some friends who, uh, from Georgia, who said, you know, it's nice to see something positive about our state when it comes to voting, which I totally agree with. I will say, I, yeah, I liked uh, several people's tweets that like, don't ever talk about the South and Georgia being the South and being the problem. We're working and we've been working. <laughs> well, also, was that you showed me one of uh, talking about the football, the Super Bowl, where they like the, they blew the lead and like never yeah. bring that up again. <laughs> never. <laughs> but at least for a little while. <laughs> you can't hold this against us. Yes. Yes. So that was fun. Um, that was an unexpected, rare glimmer of fun during all of this. Yes. Um, so we were not together on Saturday when the winner was projected to be Biden. So how did you react when you found uh, out? So initially I sat here and just kind of just looked mm-hmm. at the phone because I, I get all of my results off of my phone because I'm on um, streaming networks. I don't have cable here. Um, and I didn't believe it because it was first, uh, I think I saw it through CNN. Even though they're trustworthy, I still didn't want to be like, until I hear Fox announce it, yeah. uh, I'm not going to believe this. And and then when I saw even Fox, I, I think it was like 30 minutes later, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who stated that it was a projected winner. I just kind of sat here yeah. in shock. Like, for me, I don't react it quickly. I have a moment of like, okay, calm Mm -hmm. and just think it through. Is this possible? Have I been lied to? Is this a joke? What is happening? Um, And then I think as I started reading everybody's posts, everybody's tweets, going through, that I was like, okay, okay. And Mm -hmm. it was literally just being able to breathe. Mm -hmm. And that's what I felt. Nothing else. Like, it wasn't, like, joy and over the top. Like, I didn't start screaming. I didn't do anything. I just bra- I just started breathing again. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it was. So about an hour later, I was like, oh, I'm by myself. <laughs> what do I do by myself? And even though I wanted to kind of go out and about, it still just, it felt like, I felt exhausted. Like, yeah. as if someone, like, I've been w- running for a marathon and then just finally quit. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right. Uh, I live in a small, like, a quadplex, I guess, uh, where I do have a few neighbors. So I was like, anybody want some champagne? I got some <laughs> bubbles. And that was it. <laughs> like, that's all I could do. <laughs> what about you? Uh, so I also, I think it was CNN, and a friend of mine had been texting back and forth where she was, we were saying, you know, I'll believe it when they announce it about Georgia. Because mm-hmm. uh, all of our other friends had been celebrating and we were kind of more hesitant and I happened to refresh the page right when we were texting, and I was like, uh, <laughs> I think it Pennsylvania and Biden's the projected winner. But that word projected made me really nervous. Right. Still. And I, I kept thinking, like, God, if I, like, an hour from now, they're like, whoops. <laughs> right, right. So I, yeah, so many people started uh, sending me messages and they were so excited and all these happy gifts. And uh, I felt like I was in 
uh, and somebody sent me this message. Like, I was in the last 20 minutes of a horror movie where, you know, it seems like the monster's dead, and yet there are 20 minutes left. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, know, it's not all done. And that's kind of where I still am. I feel better as the day has gone on. And, like, when Biden gave his speech which I did not watch, by the way. Oh, you um, did I, I got highlights of it. But uh, then I, w- I felt more, okay, it seems like this is happening, that we're all agreeing, except for the Trump campaign, that he won. And so I feel better now, but there's still a lot of uncertainty. Um, and there is a part of me that worries I'm going to look back on this very episode one day and think, oh, you poor thing. You didn't know. It's like I, 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 all the time I bring up with Samantha. Remember when we did that Hello 2020s episode? Right. Oh, geez. We didn't know what was coming. <laughs> yeah, we were fairly wrong. Uh, I don't know that we were wrong. We just missed all the very big key points. <laughs> well, I guess we didn't know at that point about the virus, right? That didn't come into light till February, right? Yeah, I think they were, we heard a little bit about it, but it was kind of just like, you know, this thing in China, I think. I think we knew about it, but not... It was at the very bottom of our radar. And February right. was when we started to be like, oh, wait. Huh. There's something happening. Yeah. <laughs> and then the end of February, beginning of March, it turned into, oh, no. <laughs> oh. I think that's when we came back from L.A. and we're like, oh, no. Those yeah. cases started happening when we were there. <laughs> yep. And then I went to Canada and you went to Orlando. <laughs> right. Oof. Oof, and that's oof, when oof. everything started to be canceled. Everything, everything mm-hmm. was being canceled then. I was like, oh, no, this is for I real. thought okay. I was going to be trapped in Canada, which, by the way, Canada, I would have been happily trapped there. Right. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry, Florida. I, don't, I didn't want to stay there. <laughs> I love you, but not to live there. <laughs> yes. We were in very different places. Um, and, yeah, I'm really nervous about the lame duck period. I'm really nervous about the damage that has been done and could still be done. Um I feel like it's really changed the precedent of, yeah, emboldened white supremacist. I'm, I think that Trump supporters will be violent and threatening in the coming weeks and months and years, well, as, probably. Yeah, and as we've seen, as they're doing the count, it wasn't even uh, projected or it wasn't even called uh, from many states. They were standing there with guns. I know there was yeah. two arrests uh, for threats, and they've been there with guns. That's the part that th- blows my mind is that, well, we know why. We yeah. know why this is being allowed, and we know why it's not become a bigger issue, uh, which I love the rhetoric, which is saying, look, you know, we're protesting. I say mm-hmm. we, um, there's protests here and there's no uh, rioting or looting. And I'm like, well, that's also because you didn't get uh, gassed or bombed or pushed yeah. back or arrested. So, right. which is interesting because the other protests, none of them really had guns, but mm-hmm. yet were pushed back like that. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And you are illegally on public or right. government property with guns, which is absolutely against the law and nothing's being done. So, there is not necessarily that you guys, the, they are being peaceful. Mm-hmm. It's just that the reaction is very different. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that's a whole big conversation in itself. And that's what scares me is that we've already seen it happen and nothing's being done. We saw uh, the caravan that went and tried to push a bus yeah. off of the road and nothing was done. Mm-hmm. So these are the conversations that we have. It's like there's a lot of fear because of the reactions and protests and not because of what's being 
done in reaction. I right. think that makes sense. And yeah, that absolutely has me fearful. And the continued rhetoric of pushing back calls to arms, um, calls to all of these different antics that are not being questioned as high as, as, as much as it should be. Mm-hmm. Because it feels like now that we're here, the Democrats are still saying, do this middle ground. Yeah instead of change. And that's also something that I'm afraid of. And I think um, AOC has been calling that out very quickly. I'm like, quit, quit doing this. Because for some reason, John Kasich is giving credit for Biden's win. Like the Democratic Party, the platform has been giving John Kasich the credit for being able to get this election instead of the many marginalized communities who've come together with funding and advocacy and the grassroots uh, campaigns being credited for it. Mm-hmm. And so it's really ugly that, that they are not acknowledging who it should be acknowledged. And I think yeah. that needs to be called out very quickly because this white man did not win it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. He was a cute little whatever uh, background dancer, sure. But he was not the forefront of what was happening. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because he made a couple of speeches does not mean he won something for anyone else. Right. So I think that's part of my fear as well. It's like, what do we do in making sure, A, that history does not rewrite itself into seeing how and who won this election? Yeah. B, that we do protect the community and don't sleep on the fact that there are extremists out there who are willing to go to violent, violent extremes to take uh, what they think is theirs or what they think have been injustice, which is absolutely ridiculous. And C, do we actually see change? Yeah. Yeah. And holding them accountable for that change. Yeah. Yeah, because it's going to be tough with all the gridlock. Um, And I I kept thinking, I was really struck by how this whole thing reminds me of an abusive relationship of like the gaslighting and the lies and the threats and the erosion of trust in yourself and reality because it's it's kind of how I feel right now of like, like you said, it's a bad breakup or just... It's not even that I don't trust Trump and his campaign, which I absolutely don't. I almost don't trust myself to be a good judge of reality anymore. Right, right. And that, that is like long-lasting damage. And mm-hmm. that's stuff we're going to have to face. Um, I did want to end on some positive things. And then we do have listener mail on this one. Yes. Um, uh, it was really cool to see people all over the world and the United States celebrating. I love everybody who dressed up as mailboxes here. One of my favorite clips currently is of those two mailboxes like grinding against each other. That was so funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was really nice. I Like I said, I, it was really cool to see my friends, a lot of them who haven't been politically active, get really into it and mm-hmm. being involved in like what counties are flipping and um, they they were texting me about Stacey Abrams. Um, and it was cool that Georgia was so close. And potentially, I'm hoping they'll say it soon, even though there'll be a recount. Um, potentially did flip. Um, and I love that so many people texted me, simply yubnub. Which, by the way, uh, part of our togetherness <laughs> was to watch that Ewoks movie, the Ewok, the Ewok Adventures. Adventure. <laughs> yeah, oh. I would say it was better than the holiday special. Oh, that's not saying much. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad, but it was enjoyable. <laughs> but yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, Yubnub is like the little Ewok hooray song they sing at the end of Return of the Jedi, the original non-edited version when yes. the Empire is defeated. 
She is very upset by the uh, remake of that. I am. I'm sorry I got so angry about it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Is there any other hopeful thing you want to add before we get to some listener mail? No, yeah. I think uh, just make sure you keep being involved. Let's not let this uh, momentum die. We got to keep pushing. We got to keep fighting. And yeah, again, we have to hold the people we elected Mm -hmm. accountable. And again, also, we need to uh, uh, readjust and re-look at some of the voting tactics and policies at this point. But yeah. Yeah. Um, And don't forget, there are other elections (laughs) that not just presidential ones. So keep up up to date on that. Um, But yes, we did want to read some listener mail. But first, we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. We're back. Thank you, sponsor. Uh, And we are back with a letter from Joe. Joe wrote, I just finished listening to your your election stress disorder episode and I had to write in. I'm an immigrant in Canada, but I'm also feeling the stress of the U.S. election. I have a PhD in biology and many friends from my grad times have moved to the States to do postdocs or professorships. My heart is with you all. Oh, thank you. I wanted to write in to share what I've been doing to keep stress at a decent level. My first one is that I'm running my first half marathon this Saturday. That means I'm tapering, running much less than usual to give my body time to heal before race day this week, and jittery because I want to go outside for a run and I can't. Sigh. That takes me to my second stress reliever and the one I've been relying on the most, cross-stitching. Nice. Yeah, I haven't been able to find a full-time job since the beginning of the pandemic. I moved with my partner across the country in March for his postdoc. And cross-stitch has been my sanity saver since then. I've been stitching since I was seven, but I took a long break in my 20s. This year, I figured out I really enjoy not just stitching, but also designing my own stuff. I opened a little Etsy shop, and I've been sharing my patterns there. I do science geeky stuff, and I have a large section dedicated to what I call Pride, science-supporting pride. I'm attaching a couple of pics of my favorite stitches, and here's my Insta if you want to see more. Instagram.com slash crossstitchgeek. Love the podcast and keep up the amazing work. I'm rooting for the best in the United States. Well, thank you so much. And yes, definitely go check out the Instagram. The pictures you sent were amazing, Joe. I love them. I I definitely am like tempted. And also I went down a very fun rabbit hole of like, I want a geeky, nerdy candle. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I used all my candles when the power went out and also during Halloween for the pumpkin. Mm-hmm. So I need more candles. And I was like, well, if I'm in the market for candles, I might as well be in the market for candles. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which is fair. Which is fair. Yeah, I, I might have to get a, a pattern cross stitch. They're awesome. Work for me. I might yes. have to do it. Yes, they're really awesome. And thank you for the kind words and for thinking of us during this very stressful Oof. election time. Um, and then Teresa wrote, I write academic horror analysis with some friends of mine. And since you both love horror movies, I thought I'd invite you to check out our site. We're called What Sleeps Beneath. Based on what you guys discuss on the podcast, I think you'd really like our takes on Ginger Snaps and the exorcism of Emily Rose. Your episode on supernatural menstrual horror was awesome and is right in line with a research project that we're working on for a conference at the end of November called Rural Gothic, Women in Folk Horror. If you have a moment to check out our blog, I would love to hear your thoughts. I listen to you guys every week. I really like everything you do. Thank you. And this, the blog is awesome. I love it so much. It is right up Samantha and I's alley. Yep. Uh, Perfect 
for Feminist Movie Fridays, and we wanted to share it with you listeners if there's anyone interested in learning more about horror and women and just academic horror analysis, yeah. which... Oh, which, yes. Yes, yes. More of that, um, please. And, uh, yeah, please, if we, if you were, are working on anything cool, listeners, we're happy to share it. So send it our we way. We love it. Um, and uh, we wanted to add that listener Lauren, she reached out on Instagram asking how to help with the Senate runoffs. As you know, we have two runoffs, which could decide the majority of the Senate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Georgia. Yes, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm so, it's so crazy. Uh, so right now we have John Ossoff versus uh, David Perdue um, and Reverend Raphael Warnock versus Kelly Loeffler. So those are big things to look at. And I know people have asked, as Lauren has asked, since she is not a Georgia resident, um, what she can do to help. So we thought we would just put a few organizations that have been a huge part of why our state has turned blue, including, we already talked about, Fair Fight Action, which is fairfight.org. Um, and then also Georgia Muslim Voter Project, which is gamvp.org. Asian Americans Advancing Justice, which is advancingjustice-atlanta.org. Black Folks Matter, which is blackvotesmatterfund.org. New Georgia Project, uh, you can just look them up. They have a good organization. And then the uh, organization G-A-L-E-O, which is galeo.org, which is a Latinx organization um, that has helped as well. And then Latino Community Fund Georgia, which is lcfgeorgia.org, Asian American Advocacy Fund, which is asianamericanadvocacyfund.org. And of course, you can follow Reverend Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff to see how to donate or more. And I know they're talking about getting people to do phone banks, uh, writing, and helping with registrations and stuff. Of course, there are some that are uh, not allowed outside of the state of Georgia, I think. I don't know exactly what those are, but I know these organizations are nonprofits and grassroots organizations that you can assist with as well. And they have been huge proponents to why our state is now at this point, which is a huge cause for celebration. It's also a lot more anxiety. <laughs> Yes, so definitely check those out. And we do appreciate your listeners checking in because <laughs> our anxiety yes. level will be high. Um, Georgia <laughs> is going to be bombarded with political <laughs> ads. Um, so we're going to keep an eye on that. In the meantime, thanks so much to those listeners for reaching out to us. If you would like to reach out to us, we would love to hear from you. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Stuff One Never Told You or on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Andrew Howard. Thank you, Andrew. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 